Blog Talk Radio. joining us again today. Today we're going to be getting into some real depth uh, about the subject of a book that I've been very, very pleased to read called The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth by Gordon Asher Davidson. Uh, Gordon's been a friend for many years. I've had him on A Better World television with his wife, Corrine McLaughlin. Both of them are authors of Spiritual Politics, Changing the World from the Inside Out. They have been leaders uh, really across the world in many of their very interesting initiatives, uh, some of which I'll I'll give to you right now in uh, bio before I bring Gordon on to talk with us about the, uh, the nuts and bolts of this book, which is uh, dealing with the subjects that we seek to avoid by and large, yet they are staring us in the face. You'll know more about what I'm referring to in just a few moments. Uh, Gordon has had a long, active career in leadership and social change and uh, social movements, and while at the same time pursuing a deep inner meditative life culminating in this powerful book we'll be speaking about today the transfiguration of our world how a light alliance is transforming darkness and creating a new worth gordon's experience ranges from being co-author of the practical visionary and spiritual politics which had a forward by his holiness the dalai lama and he wrote that, as I mentioned before, with Corrine McLaughlin, his wife. He is, both of them are the co-founders of the Sirius Community, a spiritual environmental community slash eco-village. Uh, he is the founding director of the Social Investment Forum, which, which was largely uh, responsible and related to the beginning of the uh, <clears throat> social investment movement, making investments into such things as mutual funds with a sense of social consciousness and conscience, a very, very important uh, pioneering step back when that happens a couple of decades ago. In this book, Gordon illuminates what is occurring today from the perspective of higher spiritual intelligences who are guiding and supporting humanity's evolution 
into greater compassion and understanding. Gordon provides a vision of co-creation with these higher powers who are guiding the transfiguration of all life on Earth into a beautiful planet of light and joy, just the kind of world and planet we've always in our hearts envisioned. And with it would be unified purpose, love, and boundless shared creativity between all dimensions of life. So it's it's a noble, it's bold, it's naked, it's raw, and it's real. And it's... uh, uncovering the deep wish I personally believe we all have in our hearts. And when we look at the world outside us, and sometimes for some the world inside us, we don't see that. We see a world of darkness, and we are tempted to use the word evil. And in today's conversation, we will be using the word cabal and uncovering, unpacking it, as it were, about what it is that's really going on from this higher spiritual perspective with which Gordon has a great intimacy and will be sharing his insights and understandings with us. So, Gordon Davidson, welcome to A Better World Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you, Mitch. It's wonderful to be with you and be in touch again, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Indeed. Wonderful. I'm so glad. Let's first set a context, and uh, it's the context which is, you know, very much human history. Human history could really be understood largely, Gordon, as you and I both know, as a history of war, a history of conflict, a history of slavery, a history of racism and prejudice, of rich and poor, and the... um, really disconcerting, very disturbing dance that has taken place between the haves and the have-nots. And I think that, uh, as I said earlier, we all have some dream, some vision of life on this incredibly beautiful planet, which we behold simply by spending a few minutes in nature, or even uh, earlier when we're at our mother's breast, and we're in the comfort and loving embrace of our family. And then later on, of course, as we grow older, we learn more about the nature of love and compassion. And there's so much magnificence, brilliance, creativity that we have had a chance to experience. Yet, yet, the paradox we all live with is that what man does to man, decade after decade, generation after generation, is collectively so painful and individually. And that your book is suggesting that this is a function of something that is somewhat interdimensional in nature and something around which we can gain an upper hand, a loving hand with a loving touch, by the way, is Mm -hmm. something that really blows the top off. So in the context of really staring soberly at our human history on the planet, uh, please 
Teka take us on a journey here about what it is you have come to discover, having looked long and hard and deep through several of your books, by the way, not starting with this, about the nature of this aspect of man and where you see us uh, really going here. Yes. Well, thank you, Mitch. And Yes, I, I, I call this the hidden history of humanity in the earth. It's not what we normally understand. I mean, it references the events we know of, but it really is about the underlying, underlying causes and the, the players and what has really been going on for a very, very long time on our planet. And then we can start all the way back when the planet was being formed in, in, in previous civilizations way back to even unknown civilizations like Lemuria and Atlantis, unknown at least in terms of historical reference, um, yes. is that there were these beings who came into the planet and saw it as a, a place to exploit, to basically use for their own benefit and their own purposes. And generally the planet... So the, you're planet, talking about beings, uh, physical from beings from other, other, other planets. Other, other planets, right. Definitely not from Earth. And there was a guardianship around the Earth at, at this time. And normally it, it, the, these beings would not be allowed in, but there was an unusual time-space anomaly that happened. And they, there was like a wormhole. They got into the planet, but they were shortly after discovered by the guardians of the planet and but it, it, then a very long or not long but a major debate occurred at the very high levels of the beings or the the guides for the whole system about whether they should be removed which they could have been or allowed to stay and be part of human evolution and it was decided that they would be allowed to remain because it would present humanity with a choice between choosing the path of light or the path of selfishness and greed and acquisition and it was allowed they were allowed to stay and of course they because they were very powerful and had unusual abilities they were able to influence and and, and enlist many many human beings who became part of their operating system and they set up control systems on the planet and you know very long ago millennia ago in pre-lemuria and certainly during the atlantean period and they actually were able to gain a lot of control even though civilizations would start out very beautifully, they ultimately would infiltrate and be able to corrupt them and take them over and, and ultimately cause tremendous difficulties. And that is what occurred. So um, during that period, um, we had, um, you know, they, they would infiltrate the, the leadership and, the, and the, the religions, and then they would corrupt the civilization. In fact, Atlantis became so corrupted that it had to be um, purified by just being destroyed in order to cleanse it of all all of what was going on during that period. So, um, Did that, that happen definitely... with Lemuria also? Well, yes, Lemuria was a little bit different. There was ultimately a, a, a war between Lemuria and Atlantis that was stimulated by these same forces, and ultimately Lemuria was was destroyed, although many of the um, beings in Lemuria were able to hide themselves and continue as their civilization, and we could talk about that. That's a whole other big topic uh, called mm -hmm. Agartha. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and then, um, but, so these... Which, which these, references uh, life in the uh, inner Earth, isn't that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah, okay. And that is a reality. It's very far beyond most people's 
um, yes, reality imagination. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, By the way, folks, if you haven't noticed already, we're going to be going extraplanetary and interdimensional today. So keep your uh, seat underneath you because <laughs> yes. we're going far away and looking at things from a different historical, you could yeah. say, cosmic archives. And we'll, of course, ask Gordon a little later about um, his frame of references for this information because it is not part of our written uh, history and that record. No. So please no. go but on. And, and I, I want to say that we will bring this down to Earth in a very practical way, too, because it's very important. Oh, it's yeah. not just about the whole cosmic picture. It's also like how does this affect Earth, which is the key point, and humanity, yeah, sure. all, all the nature, natural world, everything. So w- what has happened is that these systems were created by these, these um, beings, and they were able to demonstrate their superior powers and thus gain a lot of influence over. They had the ability to telepathically control other people, see certain aspects of the future. And so they they really were here doing a lot of things to take over the planet. At the same time, the spiritual masters who have come forward, all the great spiritual teachers of humanity, came forward and opposed them by offering spiritual truths and a higher path. So the whole history of humanity has been a battle for the minds, hearts, and souls of humanity over all the all these ages. And we have evolved by choosing between light and dark in our in our daily moment-to-moment decision-making, and we learn from the karma of the choices we make. And that's our, mm-hmm. been our evolutionary process. So we make better choices in the future. And, and that was really the whole process. Well, then we had World War II, which was another attempt well, before by Before we get forces. into those specifics, yeah, sure. before we get mm-hmm. into those specifics, I would just like to raise the subject of there's an archetypal uh, ring and resonance to all of this that, of course, brings to mind uh, the whole idea of Lucifer, which, of course, mm-hmm. is from God, from, let's just say, the source mm-hmm. of light, and mm-hmm. yet represents the polar opposite of the good, yet Lucifer, of course, itself means light-bearing. So it's almost Mm -hmm. as though uh, it presents an opportunity, perhaps by polarity and contrast, to be in touch with one's own good and one's own light. The myth of that, the archetypal imagery and mythology of that through the course of human history is virtually identical to what you're saying, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And, and many of the myths of the world are, and, and, and the stories that humanity knows in the subconscious level and the collective unconscious are definitely um, reflecting these these things we're talking about. No question okay. about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it and also brings to mind, it also brings to mind, and I'd love to hear what you have to say, uh, some of the work of Zachariah Sitchin and uh, yes. <clears throat> one of his... Uh, students and uh, further innovators uh, who I've had on the show is a good friend, Michael Tellinger, who mm-hmm. speaks about, um, you know, essentially the Nephilim and coming to create a slave species mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. humans that were uh, basically genetically modified, engineered, and programmed between mm-hmm. uh, animals and their own, uh, you know, extraplanetary DNA to form what we have as us. And yes. we have been, in fact, a, a slave species for a long, long time, something, and used 
money used actually also to help enslave us. And, oh yeah, uh, in other words, the world true. is very different than what we think. Yeah, is that uh, in accordance with your understanding? Yeah, oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I, I don't use those particular terms, but the idea that there is a group of predatory um, beings from outside the planet who came in and actually um, did and set up systems of control and exploitation for many millennia is is certainly true. Um, and the, the 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 most important part of this whole story is what's happening now about all this mm-hmm. because this is yes. this is where you know there are many people who have come across this and and the, and the different there are very many different interpretations and level of clarity about all these things and and people read yeah. their own interpretations into all this but I think the fundamental point that there was a group who came in here and have used all kinds of very subtle and and and, and powerful techniques to. Uh, bring humanity under their control, but not completely successfully. I mean, one of the things is that I've received about this, the genetic input, is that, yes, there, we do have the genes of many different um, extraterrestrial races in our genetic mm-hmm. makeup. Not all mm-hmm. of them are, are, are dark and negative. In fact, many of them are not. They are very positive. And mm-hmm. there was attempts to actually manipulate the soul of humanity in such a way they would gain control over the soul. But those attempts were not successful because the, the solar angel, which is the solar, what we call the guardian angel, the solar angel of each individual, prevented that mm-hmm. from being successful. So, that, you know, there, there, it hasn't been totally... Uh, you know, I don't think every civilization has been totally enslaved. There have been more lighted civilizations at various times, but they tend to get corrupted and and fall down into a condition of real depravity in some cases, like ancient Rome and you know the end of all the great empires. Eventually, they end up in pretty bad shape. Um, it may this, look like that a little bit right here today. <laughs> uh, yes, you have some elements of that, without a doubt. And, but yeah. I want to talk about what's happening now because this is really important. So w- what happened in World War II was, again, another attempt by these forces to take over the world, and they worked through the Nazi group and the Axis powers to try to basically enslave the planet and make it into the Nazi vision was a slave camp run by them for the benefit of their, their chosen race, and everybody else was going to serve them. And that was stopped by the Allied powers who were forces of light and who were also supported by the by the higher the galactic civilizations in at least given energy to help them the allies to hold the point of tension and successfully over overcome the axis powers that was the the at that point the galactics were not allowed to directly intervene in human affairs but they were supporting the light forces definitely during that period and the the axis powers were and uh, were driven off the outer planes onto the astral plane and they were sealed there on the astral and all and, and most of the the original ones who were actually the, the founders of this whole dark side the human cooperators of course many of them were killed or pres- imprisoned or whatever and but we as humanity had to keep that door closed by not allowing those dark tendencies within ourselves to take over and come out again but we were not successful in doing that and as a result they they came back out into full activity in the world and we have seen that resurgence it is manifested through 
control systems like the Federal Reserve, the control over the government, the control of the media, pharmaceuticals, everything. They have emerged into and gotten more and more control of those systems, which is basically oriented for their own profit and their own benefit. So with many, many human cooperators benefiting from those systems, and therefore they, they, they maintain them. So th- this has continued and worked uh, and been going on for since the after the war and we had and then any a series of events but the one that's the most important in fact the most significant event really in human history in a really very, very uh, thousands and thousands of years is 9/11 and it's not for the reason most people think 9/11 was an a, a you know a, a contrived false flag event to convince mm-hmm. the world that, that terrorism was a terrible threat, we had to go and fight against uh, terrorists everywhere. And it was really the intention behind it was to generate fear and to legally, through the Patriot Act, remove a lot of the, the democratic uh, rights that we had as American citizens and yeah. spread that fear worldwide, which it did, and invade the Middle East and try to get control of the oil, which is not really very successful. But right. the the event of 9-11 had one, the, I call it the world's greatest gigantic unintended consequence, which is mm. that as a result of that event, something very powerful happened at the solar systemic level. So now we're going to shift gears. We're going to, another, we're going to interdimensionalize into the solar system, okay? Sure. Here we are in the sure. solar system. Earth is a chakra in the body of the solar system, as are all the planets. We're not just an isolated little planet, you know, floating through space with cut off from anything else. We are part of a greater mm. being. Earth is a is 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 a part of a matrix of love, is what what it's called, and we are part of this tremendous being, the solar system. But when 9/11 happened, the the council, the solar council, that 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 group that oversees and guides the evolution of the solar system, looked at the situation on Earth and. Some, with great intensity and, and great results because the solar system has been ready for some time to evolve and move forward, to progress to higher levels of energy, consciousness, and frequency. It's been ready to do that for quite a long time, and it has been waiting for the Earth to move out of this dark control and into the light so that that chakra of the solar body would be also be lighted and therefore the solar system could move into a higher level. Which, you can't which chakra is it? I, it's a secret I can't tell you. you. If you can figure it out, oh. great. I don't know okay. how to tell you that. I think Sorry. I did. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. And, 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 and so they looked at Earth as a result, after 9-11, and they saw the kind of control that the cabal, the dark forces and the control forces had, which is popularly known as the cabal, they looked at the kind of controls that they had set in place around, they had control of the financial system through the Federal Reserve and fractional reserve banking and interest-based money. They had control over the, the, the political system through just buying all the politicians, most of them, not all of them, but a very large percentage. And also yeah. through the control of the media, they have they are, they own the media, and then if they determine not what us, goes Gordon, in the media, not us, <laughs> no, not you, no. And there are certainly alternative media that's not controlled, but the mainstream that's aspects right. of media are definitely controlled, and the, and yeah. the healthcare industry and every other area, they they are massively sure. engaged in in this control system. 
So clearly. The, I mean, at, at the level of the solar council, they're looking at the earth and they're seeing this dark control through the whole system. And, there are, and their, their conclusion was that it wasn't going to be possible for humanity, even with the help of the spiritual masters, to liberate itself from this control on its own. And at that point, a decision was made at the level of the solar council that basically said, that they, if you remember, we go all the way back to the beginning of this story, they decided to let those, those invading forces remain on the planet to help human evolution. But, yeah. and, and then at, at this point, at that point when they're looking at it after 9-11, they made a decision to say the time has come to remove those forces from this planet from Earth, mm. in order that we can progress as a solar, solar system, and so that, which was holding back the evolution of all seven solar systems, because all seven solar systems are each a chakra in a greater being mm. called the heavenly being, and it goes on from there. So the whole quadrant of the yes. galaxy was, in fact, being held up by what was going on on Earth. Yes, so, they, yes. they, so they issued a decree in 2002, which said they gave the galactic civilizations permission to, which had been very restricted until this point in time, to remove the leadership of the dark side. And they did that. Starting in 2002, over a period of time, all the invading aliens were either turned towards the light or they were removed from the planet. And that is the condition today. There are no more in dark aliens on this planet at this time. They also were given permission to increase the amount of light that they could they would radiate to earth themselves because they have capacity okay. to do this and also to start giving much more active support to all the people on the planet all the leaders and all the light workers and everybody who are working to build a lighted world and a, and a, a decent humane sustainable just loving planet mm -hmm. with everyone's mm -hmm. taken care has their needs taken care of so they started doing this, and they and, and that grouping is known as the Galactic Light Alliance, which was a, a, is, is an alliance that was resulted from the intergalactic wars that happened many, many, many millennia ago, where there was tremendous battles between different planets and systems, and terrible weapons were used, and terrible destruction took place, and. At the end of that, the light forces were they were fighting against the civilizations who wanted to exploit and take over other systems and planets, and their principle was to support and allow the evolution and growth of every civilization and planet at their own pace and their own way. Sounds like the Galactic Federation, right? <laughs> yes. And yes. and that is the principle of their of that what's called the Galactic Light Alliance. And from that point on many long time ago they have been in control of this whole area of the galaxy and there has not been the cabal has had control over earth and they have created some bases off the planet on the moon and a couple of other places but that's not really um, allowed to do anything in terms of any space weaponry or anything else it's all been are carefully monitored and controlled. That now also, all those bases off the planet have now also in the hands of the Galactic Light Alliance. So the Light Alliance has is, is, is really got the upper hand now on this planet. However, we still have a lot of systems that are under the control of 
humans who learned all these methodologies of control from their their teachers, the ones who came here originally. And so we have the Federal Reserve System, we have that banking system, we have, you know, the, the media is being manipulated all the time and, and the governments are under the control of these forces. All this is underway still, but it's breaking down because the leadership of that, who had prevision to a degree and certainly had the capacity for telepathic control, are no longer present. So all the ones who remain are trying to make things continue, but they're they're it's very confused and it's very very difficult because the whole thing is breaking it's like down. Their, their oxygen has been cut off, exactly, and, and they're it, still operational, but they're slowly dying out. And not only that, all the light that's being radiated to the planet from beyond, from the galactics, and even from the heart of the of, of the galaxy. All of this, this new light pouring into the earth is stimulating the awakening of humanity, and I don't, I don't think you can argue with that. I mean, humanity is waking up and demanding yes. change and demanding freedom and the right to have a decent life on this planet and yes. not be slaves to all this financial burdens of interest-based yes. slavery and all the rest of it. That is happening. Now, it hasn't always gone in a great direction because the Kapal is always in there messing with it, but it is, it is awake, people are waking up. And the other yeah. thing is the, the huge amount of revelation of all the corruption and, and evil doing and, and the way the financial system yeah. has been exploited by these forces is becoming more and more clear and more and more humanity is saying this, this is just unbelievably unconscionable and it's got to yeah. change, which is a necessary prerequisite to actually instituting a new kind of system. I'll mm-hmm. just pause and see if you have any questions. Beautifully beautifully articulated uh i have two um thoughts here that i'd like you to uh respond to uh mm-hmm. on the one hand it appears that the cabal is uh an outside job so to speak uh where there were uh let's say originally these members of the dark clan force becoming cabal of oppression of humans and subjugation of the earth for her uh, resources uh, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So on the one hand, we've got this kind of external uh, appearance of these beings that Mm -hmm. you spoke of and them doing what they've done. And I imagine they have occupied such groups as the Council on Foreign Relations mm-hmm. of the World Bank and the IMF, and where you keep referencing the the banking system, and it seems pretty obvious right there, truly. Um, so on the one hand, it's that, and they are being extinguished because of the decision made by the Council of Light of the this area of the galaxy uh, in 2002, which is wonderful news. And I would say that at around 2002, we were at one of our darkest moments when could feel it. I mean, I live in the mm. belly of the bees, you know, in the middle of New York mm-hmm. City, Gordon. Yeah. As you know, you've been here. And, um, we were there on that uh, alone. Yeah. Yeah. One feels... Uh, you know, back then in the Bush-Cheney administration and all, with the Patriot Act and everything, I mean, it was dismal energetically as well as practically. And that has changed. 
Yeah, that's what triggers yeah, the, right. the response. And I wanna I wanna hear about that. But there's another point that you've been also making here along the way, which is that our own personal um you could say um conflict of doing the right thing or the wrong thing, of following the light of our consciousness or let's say another type of uh, of uh, motive inside ourselves. Right. So uh, from that point of view, it looks like it's a, a personal, psycho-emotional, psycho-spiritual issue. Is that because that cabal has, in a sense, infiltrated our psyche so deeply that it has become an entrenched part of, you know, the light and dark inside us, whereas prior to their presence, it was really more a game of just light? Well, humanity, of course, has been in evolution ever since we've appeared on this planet. And Am I making the, sense, my question? Is yeah, that no, no, it makes total sense. I, I, I want to get to it. Okay, um, please. There's been an evolution going on, and so we've gone through many different stages. I don't know if I, we, I could say, I mean, the Edenic vision, you know, that we were living here in the Garden of Eden, in a sense, was the um, original state of our planet, the type of beings who, as human beings, I don't know exactly, but who lived here, I think were much simpler and much more primitive type of beings. There was a moment, according to many of the esoteric teachings, where the beings from Venus came and implanted the spark of self-awareness into these um, ape-like creatures, and that was the beginning of the human race, where we had Mm -hmm. the potential for self-consciousness. And so... And then, and then we have then gone through, and I don't know exactly how this correlates with when the the um, these invading uh, aliens came in exactly, but at some point in that process, they came in and began to have an influence. I think the the key point that you're making though is really important, which is the cabal and these invaders never would have had a chance to get into this control position if it hadn't had a tremendous amount of co- collaboration and. Support cooperation by human beings at all stages yes. of the process from early early yeah, and, and and it's it's understandable because the human beings were awed by their powers they were they were convinced and there was a lot of telepathic control going on over them over over the human beings of these different times so all this kind of thing has been part of the experience and has there have been a lot of program, programming done influence human beings to be afraid that is the primary directive of the dark side is to instill fear as much as possible because it makes people easier to control and that's exactly what the whole agenda is if you look at the mainstream media if you look at movies and television it's violence fear separation and hatred and you can't trust anyone and therefore you should always remain separate and fight for yourself and that's all there is that's the and that's a very distorted picture of what humanity actually is because there is tremendous spiritual goodness and in that essence humanity is divine (laughs) that's the truth yeah so so Uh they use those kind of techniques and, and other ways of mind control to keep humanity in, in, in fear, which then makes them easier yes. 
easy to control. And so people waking up and becoming conscious is exactly what they don't want, so they put up certain veils around the planet to make it harder to penetrate into the higher dimensions and those kind of things. But that's also dissolving, too, as a result of the mm-hmm. help of the, with the, from the galactics. So all this is in process. So the controls that they've had are really breaking down now. And, and I, yes. I can give you lots of evidence for this um, in terms of what's Please. happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the main focal points, of course, is the financial system. And we all know, yes. most people know that the interest-based currency that we have and the way that is held allows a few banking families to accumulate quadrillions, quintillions of dollars. And yeah. because the interest that accumulates on money circulating in the system is immeasurable. And that just continues to pile up and pile up and pile up. And that's what happens. And so the transformation financial system is a key. Over the last two and a half years, there's been more than 2,000 top executives in major banks, financial institutions, hedge funds, and, and all kinds of CEOs and CFOs who have either been indicted, disappeared, committed suicide, or just resigned and stepped down. And all, and yes. that's ten. And people have done statistic anal, statistical analyses of this. It's ten times the normal attrition rate. And what that is saying mm. is that under the uh, uh, pressure that's being brought to bear on the financial leadership and on the financial world by the Light Alliance, it is causing many, many of them to either turn to the light or step out of those positions, so that people who are more lighted can move into those positions of leadership mm. and control of the financial system. That is part of the process. Mm. And there's always an attempt to turn turn them, what's called turning them to the light. So you take someone who, and, and when they understand that the game's over, that, there's no, that it's not going to be possible to maintain this system much longer and, and have that control, they, they can choose to go with the light or not. And if, if they don't, then ultimately there are consequences and they, they wind up not being there any longer. And that process is very well underway. Now, the the vision or the plan for what's going to happen for the financial system is simply that we're going to recharter all the banks. They're going to become public utilities so that they serve humanity's economic needs, but there is no interest charged on money or loans. There will be a fee for borrowing money, but not an endless tripling of the value of the loan through interest. It's not going to be there anymore. There will be no more interest-based money at all. And instead, we will have one world currency backed by golden commodities, which will be accepted everywhere because it's completely stable. And then, and then national currencies will be pegged to that, that, that one stable currency based on the strength of the economy of different nations. That's, a, that's an interim step as long as we still need to have money. That's eventually going to fade out, but that's a later stage in the process. So mm-hmm. then we're going to redistribute. There's going to be a redistribution of wealth for all the money that's been gained illegally, immorally, stealing, manipulating the financial system, the, the, the unimaginable sums. I'm talking about caves in the mountains filled with barrels of diamond and gold, endless supply of gold and all this stuff. Well, <laughs> the funny part about that is they got it all well, well hidden, right? Well, mm-hmm. the, the galactics have technology <laughs> where they can view the entire planet and know where every last penny is, and there's no way they can hide it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so that's Interesting. Even, yes, they do, and that's that's part of the, what's going to happen. 
And all that's going to be used to, to provide for food, shelter, housing, health care, education, and economic activities for every human being on the planet, which is the well, obvious thing. Well, the funny thing... thing- yeah, sure. No, I, it's an incredible vision that, I, as I keep saying, I feel that we all have that embedded in our hearts, you know. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if we watch things as we all did as children of uh, The Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan and uh, any mm-hmm. number of uh, yeah. know, reading I, Lewis Carroll, you know, we all came into this life. I feel that we have an archetypal imprint as humans mm-hmm. on the divine level. And so mm-hmm. level that uh, uh, paradise is real. Mm-hmm. Paradise is real, and right. it, you know I don't really like talking about rights so much, but in some fundamental way, it's our birthright. And yes. uh, what has happened is a function of well, everything that you've been saying, and that's why I'm asking the question. I love to get you know. It's funny. There's that great film that one. Uh, best documentary a few years ago right after 2008 debacle called Inside Job. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) seeking to find out if, in general, uh, what we're facing is an inside job or an an outside job. In other words, if that allowance of the cabal were not allowed to have remained on Earth when they were first discovered pre-Lemuria, would we as humans have not had what we would call a dark side, or would we have remained in a sort of paradisal heavenly consciousness, Gordon, and uh, we still would have understood distinctions and discerning between, let's say, what's good and what's better uh, mm-hmm. and between light and dark nonetheless, but without having to have had such a deep, dark shadow as mm-hmm. part of our internal consciousness. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I mean, what is the, actually the shadow there? I, I like to, I, this is something I've been working with people over the last decade on helping them yeah. work with it and, and understand their subconscious sure. and how to transform it. And one of the realities is every experience that we have that's difficult, painful, or traumatic or what, in any way, imprints in the subconscious is remains there and becomes part of your makeup. So when people have painful experiences, it makes them react in the future in ways to try to prevent further pain and, and, and trauma. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. get a set of characteristics if, of, you know, way people respond if there's, a, if there's a threat. You know, people get very belligerent or even violent, and, and these things happen because that's the way their subconscious has decided is the best way to protect yourself. And yeah. so this is built up over millennia of experience. Now, you can say, well, it would have been different if this hadn't happened with the invasion of these other predatory aliens, but yes, that's right. true. That's what I'm trying to get that, to. That's right. true. It would have been probably different. I don't know exactly how it would have been, um, but right. it certainly is now we gain the benefit. What I, one of the things I've gotten about all this is that because we have struggled so hard with so many tremendous challenges of the wars and the superiority attitudes and the racism and the 
the uh, misogynism and all of it. That yes, um, we and and we but we are in the process of overcoming that and becoming conscious enough to understand it and to deal with it and to fill it with light and therefore transform it. When we open up our relationship with galactic civilizations, which we will, we will be part mm-hmm. of the Galactic Light Alliance, and we will be m- moving around the galaxy. The primary work you do when you do that is help other civilizations to evolve. And because of the yes. experience that we've had on this planet with all these incredible challenges, we will be yes. extraordinarily helpful to all these other civilizations. <laughs> Yes, you know, it's not it an interesting perspective on that whole question. Yeah, oh no, it, it's an utterly uh, beautiful and very compassionate and all-embracing uh, cosmo, I was going to say worldview, but it's a cosmo view, you know, yes. and yes. it reminds yes. us, and this is something I very much appreciate in what you're saying and what your book is about, uh, that we have lost, we, we remain on the horizontal plane and so deeply identified with our daily lives, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful thing with which to be identified, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. we've lost the verticality and we've mm-hmm. lost our understanding and perspective of mm-hmm. our place as a planet in what you keep referring to in the solar system, then in the galaxy, then in a series of galaxies. And, you know, I love that that photograph, Gordon, and I reference it a lot, of the photograph of the universe, and then it says, you are here, and it's so small, it's smaller than a grain of sand. Right, right, right. I think right. it's so powerful because it lets people know that we are but a tiny piece but an yes. important piece but a, but a of very a, a much piece. larger view. Yeah, exactly. Excuse Excuse me. Me. I mean, we understand yeah. that the, the evolution of the Earth is, 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 is key in the evolution of the solar system and beyond seven solar systems and beyond that. I mean, that makes everything we do here extraordinarily significant and important exactly. and therefore gives it a, a great depth of meaning and power and, 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 and should inspire us that we are not just isolated group of humans here just you know doing our thing we are actually slugging it out right yeah slugging out we are actually our choices and decisions have tremendous cosmic consequences and and i i I think that's really powerful to have that in consciousness so you know and what's happening now of course is that more and more people are waking up including world leaders of course and the other thing i want to say that's important here is the, the, the Galactic Light Alliance has now been making contact with many leaders of, on Earth and on many, many light workers, both through telepathic communication, the way I have it, and, and also through even appearing in some cases, or incarnating as human beings and then becoming part of the movements and processes and help that's being given to leaders to make these changes. So we, the, so now what they say is there's an Earth-Light Alliance. All the leaders, all the human mm. beings, millions and millions of us who are working for the, the, the creation of the new Earth. And we are yes. woven into and absolutely seamlessly part of the Galactic Light Alliance. So it's one unbroken yes. stream of consciousness going through all these dimensions right down onto Earth and what is being implemented in the world today. And that, that yeah. to me, is very, very inspiring. You know, so they're, and they're we are a part of a... Uh... Yeah, please go on. 
You no, know, no, yeah, yeah, we're part of this tremendous, uh, vast network of lighted beings working at all exactly. different dimensional levels, and that that's part of what makes this movement so unstoppable and so powerful and why it's having such a huge yeah. impact. We are part of a, uh, a morphic field that goes far beyond the light of consciousness of us as individuals. Right. Uh, let's let everyone know that we are speaking. Uh, today's show is dedicated to this conversation with Gordon Davidson, who is the author of several really interesting, impactful books, the last one of which is the subject of today's show, The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth, and it's offering, Gordon has offered us a a perspective both on the horizontal plane of Earth that goes way before our written history, back to the times of pre-Lemuria, Lemuria, its relationship then to Atlantis and the way Atlantis then gave rise to the subsequent uh, civilizations that we do have records of, such as mm -hmm. Egypt such as Vedic India, the subcontinent, mm -hmm. such as Ukraine, actually, is another ancient, mm -hmm. ancient uh, mm -hmm. civilization most people don't know about. In the Balkans, Bulgaria, Africa, it's a Can't really Tibet. interesting... Mm -hmm. Tibet, yeah. in exactly. Cent in Central America, in certain aspects. Yeah, yeah. Central America, those places that we have found pyramids and... The you know mm -hmm. the Aztecs and the Inca and you know it goes on and on and on and of course that's what we generally mark as the beginnings of our history. It's a little mm -hmm. fuzzy, but that's what we usually reference. We have some uh, some. Uh, archaeological uh, pieces that represent civilizations, but we're talking about before that, and we're really looking at before that and who we are as a cosmic identity, inclusive of our earthly identity, but it's much, much larger than that. So uh, just to let you all know, uh, this is A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We're on every Wednesday at 6 p.m., and of course you can listen to us, and I know most of you do listen in our archive on your mobile phone, in fact. Um, <laughs> you're younger than I am, but it's great. <laughs> uh, I like the old-fashioned desktop. What can I say? <laughs> but uh, we love that you listen and that you're part of a better world family and community and share these these shows with your friends and family and others who really need to hear them and get part of this larger world and cosmic vision of who we are and what we're doing. And uh, get our our newsletter if you don't get it yet. It's free. It's at abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv. So, Gordon, mm -hmm. let's, let's continue with this because this is, this is very, very rich and provocative. One thought, of course, comes to me as I'm listening to you speak is the old adage, the old maxim of as within, so without, as above, so below. And in mm -hmm. other words, as you know, Bruce Lipton speaks so eloquently about um, from the point of view of cellular biology and evolution, uh, that everything is in fractal relationships. So here we are uh, dealing with the day-to-day -day lives of, you know, making money and paying our rent and being in mm -hmm. love with our spouses and our friends and our, you know, those people in our um, 
family uh, mm-hmm. of origin and made. Uh, we're dealing with listening to the news and dealing with the issues that are occurring in the Middle East and every Russia, Ukraine, everywhere in the world. So we're interacting with our world in so many rather complex, layered ways that mm-hmm. breaks our heart. In fact, it both enlivens our heart when we are with our good friends and community, and then our heart gets uh, gets um, pierced through the mm-hmm. pain of suffering of mm-hmm. others. And I know that this is part of what we have learned that you're saying we're going to be relied upon for and it's caused a tr- it's it's created a great sense of resilience mm-hmm. that will be applicable to the larger galactic picture <laughs> that mm-hmm. if we, they don't pick us up with a blotter you know <laughs> we could be of no. a lot of help <laughs> yeah we're not going to go there there's a yeah, right. i could say to address that because i Please. think that's a very important point which is Please. um one of the additional things that were part of this decree that came from the Solar Council in 2002 was that there will be no nuclear war on this planet. And there, have, of course, has not mm. been. And that has mm. been uh, really absolute. And there were many very unbelievably awful plans of the dark side to create the kind of situation they wanted, which was to eliminate, reduce the population of the planet by 80% and create events that would do that and the plan was they were going to they tried to instigate nuclear war between Israel and Iran between Iran and in the United States and US and Russia on and on they've been trying to do this for a long time and every single attempt has failed and the plan was they were going to hide in these underground cities that have been created all over the world there were many of there are many of them and what has happened, though, is very interesting, is that and there are two of them I can talk about specifically, in that there was an underground, these are huge underground cities with you know, 65,000, 700,000 people living in them, fully equipped to live for long periods of time underground, right? This is are where all the money... Are people living in them now? Oh, yeah. Well, they were. I'll tell you what happened. And so they were doing okay. all this... This is also where they were doing a lot of the, the, the experiments, research with uh, other alien entities at some points along the way. And the plan yes. was that people were go- they were going to have a nuclear war or some other huge kind of epidemic, like the SARS epidemic. If you remember the SARS epidemic, sure. and the big upheaval, boo-ha-ha, about this was going to take over the planet and become a huge thing. And, and yes. within one week, all of a sudden, it completely disappeared out of the news. I don't know if you noticed that, but that's exactly what happened. And and all of a sudden, it just disappeared completely out of the news. It was gone. Interesting. And what happened was the Galactics neutralized that virus. Oh. Okay. And Well, I don't think it happened within a week, but it happened very quickly. You could say a cliff, you know. Yeah, all of a sudden, it just disappeared out of the news. It was just nothing. Yes. And after this massive buildup of how huge a crisis it was going to be. Then exactly. we had these underground cities that have been were, were going to be the hidey holes for all these top level cabal people who were going to be protected while they they wanted to start a nuclear war on the planet and be able to eliminate a huge number of the population. Then they emerged from these underground cities and rule the remaining people as slaves. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, what happened? The Galactics came into these cities, and there was one outside of Washington and one outside of Denver that I'll mention. And they Uh basically opened up a portal inside of these cities, and they pulled everything and everyone out of these cities into another space, another dimension. Dimension? Mm -hmm. Another dimension, without harming Mm -hmm. them, without hurting them. But they're not mm-hmm. in those cities anymore. And when you go into those cities, and I've seen videos of this, there's nothing in them. They're completely empty. They used to be oh filled my. with equipment and people and everything. And mm. to give you a correlation in a, in a reality check, the day that that happened in um, outside of Washington in Virginia was the day they had an earthquake, and there was a huge boom. No one knows what it was, and it was a, it showed up as a huge earth, not huge, but a major oh, earthquake my. tremor, and it broke, the, the Washington Monument cracked, and the National Cathedral was damaged, and all that happened on the day they oh. did that. And the same time, oh, yes. it was very within a few I days later. I remember that. That was yes. in the news, actually. That's right. Yeah. It was in the news. And, and, and not much. long after, they had the same thing happen outside of Denver because there was another huge city underground in, near Denver. And they had an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Which they never have earthquakes in either of these places. And they had a, a major earthquake, shook everything up, and they pulled everything out of that city as well. And they did this with other cities around the world. That and so that awesome. was a signal to the cabal that their plan to do this and to hide in these cities, create some huge disaster, and then take over was completely going to happen at all. Right, it's being thwarted. It's being thwarted. Completely thwarted. Now, is the city in uh, Denver, is that connected to the Denver airport? It's it's somewhere around. I don't know precisely the location, but you you know that they okay. had a huge um, NORAD underground uh, yes, defense that's what I center. Think I was referring well, what they to, did yeah. was they started out with these centers like that for underground, you know, in case there was a war or something, and they just started. And with the black budget they've had, you know, off the off the record budget, gigantic quadrillions yes. of dollars, and they built it out into this huge underground city. That's what they did. That's the, how they got into that. They started out as a air defense thing and then it becomes this huge city they were going to use for very dark purposes. And so very all that has been thwarted. And the neutralized leaders, exactly. Neutralized is right. And the leaders <laughs> many of the world leaders now know about all this stuff. They know because they've yes. seen how the cabal has assassinated and intimidated and controlled. They've had their own experiences of this. And so they got together and they saw the videos of what they were planning and what they were doing in those cities, and they yes. um, banded together, and that was the point where they really started to cooperate together. This was quite some time ago, and have been working with the Galactic Light Alliance, and they know that some of these beings are Galactics because they've seen them actually appear, and they know they are Galactics, and they're working with them, advising them, and working together, hand-in-hand, humanity and the galactics to actually design and create and unfold this new civilization. And I've been told that even the the financial reset, which is going to happen at a certain time, they've already installed all the programs on the financial computers. They're not activated, but they're there on the computers. So when the day comes, and there's a specific day when this is all going to happen, they mm-hmm. will just simply switch over, activate the new system, and it will all be completely changed. 
out of the interspace system. That interesting, isn't that interesting? I mean, the whole idea that has been ridiculed by thinking people for many years, uh, I've known about this just pretty much for about 25, which is probably just a little bit in comparison to you, is the whole preposterous idea of compound interest. You know, yes. It's like it's money that just doesn't exist. It does not exist, which means it's outside of the monetary system, yet affecting and constantly influencing the monetary system. And oh, it is a mechanism that drives nations, governments, into death, usually, of course, developing nations. Everyone, because right. if you are if you're here, in this country, you're here in this country, you buy a house. Whatever you pay for the house... You pay three times over if you get a 30-year mortgage for the interest on the yes. house. You pay, you pay for three it three times. Yeah, three to Correct. four. So that's that's the Correct. cost of interest. Fifty percent of everything you buy anywhere is is the cost of the money, the interest costs. So if you eliminate interest costs, everything, the price of everything would drop by fifty percent. That would be yes. a significant shift, wouldn't it? 50%. But the other thing is, in, interest is what it does is it creates a condition of survival, struggle, and fear. Most yes. people, a huge percentage, except for the super rich, are struggling to get, get enough money to basically just get by and have a, a decent right. life. And it's getting harder that's and right. harder. And, and, that's, yes, and, and in many parts of the world, it's like they don't have anything. I mean, and they really are, really. They're on the verge of survival. What that does is it creates in the sub collective subconscious of humanity this tremendous survival tension and fear. And that makes humanity very easy to manipulate into violent, competitive, separative behaviors. And that's part of non the strategy. Exactly. Non-integrate, uh, non um integrity-based, unethical, and that's how people get so uh, lured into doing things that they would never otherwise do. Oh, right, because it's a, you survival, know. It, it's a survival thing. It is, survival, right? It's, it's, they feel threatened in that level. That's just the base chakra. It overrides everything else. Exactly. You know, if you don't survive, then everything else is irrelevant as far as your as a life. Game over, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I so like that. Those, that overrides everything else, which means everyone can be that's manipulated right. because nobody can. very few people have enough percentage-wise, to just relax about that. and But can you imagine, because part of the plan is there's going to be a distribution of significant amounts of money to every single human being on the planet. The price of everything drops 50%. Can you imagine, and people will know that there's going to be systems set up where there's education and they're going to be, they're going to be, there's all new ways of building houses that you can build on extremely rapidly, like within a day, and build houses that are very green, all over the world and take these slums and turn them into little villages that are beautiful yeah. and actually be able to um, do all that. And so when people know that they don't have to fear for their survival, can you imagine the level of relaxation and peace exactly. and joy that's going to come over humanity at that moment? Truly, that's, that's, truly. that's where we're going. That's where we're going. That is, that's awesome. I'd like to ask you, Gordon, about... Uh, the presence of uh, extraterrestrial intelligence, uh, oftentimes flying through our uh, space, uh, mm -hmm. 
in what we refer to as UFOs, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, different kinds oh, yeah. of vehicles. And what is the relationship between them and the higher level galactic council and forces we're speaking about? Oh, that's them. <laughs> the oh, it is them. That is them, yeah. It's oh, okay. Different. Oh, it's okay. just that, okay, the, the, let's just make it really clear. The ships are ships from other civilizations who are in a process yeah. right right now of gradually increasing the their visibility. They, they move from the subtle fifth dimension where they cannot be seen, and they can pop into uh, visibility in the third dimension. That's why they, they yeah. show up and can disappear. And exactly, um, come and go. But they, but they're in a in a process of gradually helping humanity to adjust to and understand the reality that there are other civilizations all around this planet, and there's a huge number of them right now because we're in such a amazingly important moment in our evolution and to make the shift from <clears throat> you know just being in 3D into four and fifth dimension is going to be, it's something they want to study. And the reason they're so interested in it is because we are going to go through this ascension process without leaving the body. We're going to make Mm -hmm. the ascension in consciousness and be able to access fourth and fifth and other dimensions in our consciousness without having to to pass over to do it. That is very unique, from my understanding, in the way the ascension process happens. So they're here. Veils are dropping. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like so the that, veils are dropping. The veils are dropping, exactly. And they're here to observe that and to support it. And there are certain civilizations who <clears throat> are very involved in actually directly helping, supporting. The, the ones that, who look the most like humans, which are the Pleiadians, the Syrians, mm-hmm. and the Arcturians, are the most directly engaged with humanity because they're the most similar in form, therefore least um, frightening humanity and in terms of actual contact and there is um many many other civilizations who are just here you know observing supporting it and all the rest but this is basically all anthropologists of, <laughs> yeah, right and but it's all part of what's meant to help our process and our evolution here Indeed. We've heard about these strange three-brained beings on planet Earth. Let's go down. Let's take a little road <laughs> trip and check them out. <laughs> of course, George Ivanovich Kurjeev, the great spiritual teacher, wrote his book called, well, several, called Beelzebub's Tales to His Grandson, and it's actually very much from that point of view, like mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, uh, a cosmic anthropologist coming to observe life on Earth right, right, and make right. comments to his little grandson about what what he ought to be aware of when he deals with human beings. <laughs> it's a really funny and really daunting. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Uh, I, it's my understanding, Gordon, and help me with this if you could, uh, that it is cosmic law that the higher intelligences from other dimensions uh, that come to visit here are not allowed to intercede uh, with our will. They can suggest, they can nudge, they can speak, they can send vibes, uh, but human will is, of course, connected to divine will, 
and mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. outcomes are a result of our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet, what you're suggesting is that this galactic council decision in 2002 looks like, uh, well, it's removed some of those, that the dark forces are but not from hu- their... But not human will. Remember, that's not human will. That's, okay, got it. That's, that's, inter- that's an interfering will that has been placed on the planet. Okay. So, but, but, you but see where I'm saying, going with this, yeah. But you are, but you are very. What you're saying is very important, and that is, free will is a divine gift that has been bestowed on us by the Creator, and it is our yes. our our gift to be able to use that free will, make decisions and do things and learn wisdom from the results of our decisions and experiencing the karma of it. That is what free will is meant to do. And in the relationship with the galactics, they are very, very careful not to interfere with our free will, um, but they can offer, as you said, all kinds of help and support and suggestions. And then human beings always have the, can make the free will choice to cooperate and work with them. And that, in yes. fact, is what's happened. There are now millions and millions of people who are working choosing of their own free will to help with and work with and cooperate and co-create with these higher civilizations in the form of receiving telepathic impressions, in the form of uh, working with someone who is directly in contact with those beings or with advisors who are those beings, or on, on and on. There's many different ways that they're, they're active. But again, it's a very, always a very respectful process, and that's why they cannot come in and just fix everything overnight. We have to, and, it's, and that's why it's so important that each of us do the work we need to do within ourselves to clean up our, our our dark aspects, to meditate, to visualize the kind of civilization we do want, not the civilization we don't like, which we've got, but to focus our consciousness and energy on what we want to create. That's why I wrote this book. That's why the Master gave it to me, is to put the vision out there of where we want to go. And the more people who hold that vision, the faster it's going to materialize. And that's Indeed. part of my mission here, is to come forward with that vision, put it out as powerfully as I can, as and as tangibly as possible, so that people will understand there's another whole pathway that we are beginning to move into more and more fully every day. And it's not the pathway portrayed as an extrapolation of current events or what you would the kind of dystopian futures you see in the media all the time. It's in fact a beautiful, amazing radiant golden age civilization that's where we're going and in fact in my view and what i know it's inevitable it's already there (laughs) and i'm i make the practice of of living in it i'm already in it i'm living there the friends i have the people i know and the way i focus on it i don't focus on all the 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 the, uh, thrashings of the dinosaur as it goes down into the tar pits but i focus on all the beings and people and energy and visions that are being created, which is what's coming next, what's already present and is just yes. being brought into full manifestation. Well, you also understand something about the principle of uh, the way our entire holistic uh, body-mind system works, which is that uh, doesn't work through reacting to things we don't want, but it right. imprints, we imprint what it is we do want. It's mm-hmm. an affirmative, a life-affirming exactly. action of, right, of, of 
an image Absolutely. hitting the retina, the image mm-hmm. hitting the mind, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. third eye, what have you, and then it starts to actually take on form even mm-hmm. through our neural network, it starts right. to literally come into manifestation. You can't form something that's that's a not, <laughs> that's a negative. Right. It right. can only right. be right. an affirming, you know, actual right. thing. So right. you keep, and your uh, community, which is also my community, our community, um, knows to keep focusing on what it mm-hmm. is we have in mind, quite literally, what it is right. we want to see manifest in the world. At the same right. time, there is uh, what it is we see, and it's no less real. And I really like to make that point. The the thrashing of the dinosaur, a very well-put phrase, um, that is what we're dealing with, the residual of the residue of the cabal, mm-hmm. of, a, of, mm-hmm. of literally maybe hundreds of thousands of years of of you know in some way wrongdoing you know mm-hmm. of a of a dark right. a and dark it, force and we're right. and we're going and, through and, a, a detox right yes yeah, right detox right. and a lot of it is humanity human beings working out and re- and fulfilling releasing the karma of what they have participated in through all that long cycle you just described. And that is part of the process of preparing for that's why for the new, the new and world. that's why we've had these horrible things like what goes on in the Middle East with ISIS and all these other groups and kind of conflicts and things going on everywhere. It's part of the preparation for clearing the space. You can't have new creation until the space is clear. Exactly, and they say, you know, it's darkest right before the dawn. Yep. So that's, I think, another phenomenon, natural phenomenon with which we're dealing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would like to also ask you, Gordon, about... uh, the fact I'm 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 super sensitive to Gaia and mm-hmm. what is happening to her as a result mm-hmm. of human ignorance, foolishness, and the cabal largely. And mm-hmm. um, you know we have uh, ice caps on both sides that are melting at an extraordinarily fast rate. That is releasing methane, which is by far mm-hmm. hundreds of times the danger of any other uh, greenhouse gas. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's almost like there's a race going on between the forces of good, excuse me, and the forces of dark. And now we're the ones who will, you know, possibly go extinct, not the earth, but if conditions on earth become uninhabitable due mm-hmm. to the heating up and the freezing of the planet, mm-hmm. the climate mm-hmm. shift, uh, what what do you foresee happening? Because we're, we're well, really, it feels to me like we're in a race against time. Yeah, I understand that, and, and I have gone a lot about this, and what what is, there's going to be a point where this is all going to shift radically because that's one of the urgencies of the times for the the actual moment when all this shifts, is that the planetary systems, the ecological systems, have to be regenerated and restored. The galactics have technologies that can actually do what we would consider miraculous things as far as the environment goes, so that they can clean up, and they are already doing cleanup on the oceans and on the land and other things. They are doing that work already, but what what will happen is when this all starts to come to fruition, 
the, the prime directive of all activity on this planet will be the, the regeneration of the Earth and, and all the ecological systems, which means cleaning them up, replanting, using desalinization because we'll have free energy to actually make all the deserts bloom. It's going to become a, a garden planet. That is the vision. And we will clean everything up with the help of the galactics. They have technologies to do that. Um, the, the imbalances we see in the climate right now have to do with not only the the, the physiological uh, processes, but the on the inner planes, there still is a degree of, of a battle going on between the light and dark forces. Whenever you have that kind of uh, thing happening, and we talked a lot about this in our previous book, Spiritual Politics, whenever mm -hmm. that's happening, there is a corresponding upheaval in the world of nature. And what we have mm -hmm. now is with the kind of extreme cold you had this winter and the drought in California and the West and all these things going on are a result of that inner battle. But when that is fully resolved, which is getting very close, all that's going to come into balance again. And we won't have mm -hmm. these extreme climatic situations. That's what I've been getting about this. And it's, okay. not, it's not going to be that long before that happens. And so that, and of course, science does not fully understand that the earth is a living being and there are many many living great living spiritual beings who have a great deal of capacity to assist in the maintenance and re re renewal of the systems of the earth and, and and yet they're very taxed at the moment because of the condition of the earth mm -hmm. but once there is a shift and we really come to grips with what is you know there's a change in the degree of c control that the cabal actually has on the planet once that happens um then all this is going to shift radically and it and it's mm -hmm. it's outside the realm of what normally you know if you make any kind of geologic or climatic predictions of course this doesn't take any of this into account and that's that's part of the great revelation which is what um I've gotten in my guidance is there's going to be a day called the Day of Revelation where all this stuff comes out, and then it will be the institution yeah. of, the, of the new systems and all of it, and that the true history of humanity will be given, and there will be a huge release of, of love energy on this planet like we've never, ever seen before. And it will raise mm. the frequency of the planet to such a level that unless you understand or have some degree of openness to love, you will not be able to remain on this planet. That's going mm. to be the, the real shift, and that yeah. requires a certain alignment within the solar system with the other solar systems, and that is underway at this point. So yeah. I'd like to be able to say something about my – just mention my website before we close, if I could. Please. I, I have another, though. Uh, we will get that by all means. Okay. I, I, have I have another – I do have to go within about uh, the most 10 minutes. Okay. Five, that's five, fine. Five, this is – Okay. Five minutes. This will. Uh, this is an important part of the whole, which mm -hmm. is: Could you describe to our audience, Gordon, what is the source of this understanding that mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. that you have elaborated on in this book? Yes, um, and that is a result of I've been a meditator for forty years. Over the last twenty years, I have developed a relationship with a living master who lives on is on the inner planes not in oh he can't appear but he's on the inner planes 
um, who works with an ashram or an inner planes group who is responsible for the implementation, uh, a, a certain major portion of the implementation of this whole new civilization on Earth. And I have been in a telepathic communication. It's like I have telepathic conversations with him every day and can mm-hmm. receive any answers to any questions and have conversations to clarify things and just an ongoing relationship so that it is, and that I have tested and used this input for 20 years and have mm-hmm. found it to be extraordinarily useful and it has been the stimulus for many of the projects that I've done in the world and books and many other things, including, and, and this one particularly was almost all directly derived from that source. And so it's and it's, your clarity about the communication is how would you describe? A, many people feel that they have a connection to uh, one intelligence or source or information mm-hmm. or voice. Uh, mm-hmm. People experience it sometimes auditorily, visually, kinesthetically, sure. what have you. And just when you bear down on um, how you know what you know. How would you describe that? Well, after doing this for 20 years, I mean, there's a, I call it an energetic vibrational signature that you recognize when you make this contact so you know who it is. And and I have had, you know, huge amount of experience. And I was trained by him, taken on many different journeys on the inner planes and explained many, many things to me about the way things are. And and so I I have a long ongoing relationship with him, and it's yeah. very loving and it's very powerful, and it's ex- extraordinary, and it's the most important thing in my life, and that yeah. allows me to, um, you know, speak with a certain degree of authority, and I think we, and people what that's what people recognize when they read the book, it's it's yeah. it's 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 synthetic, it's, and that's part of the energy of the of this master. It's from the ashram of synthesis. It's in, so it's a very comprehensive overview yes. of conditions on Earth, the hidden history of Earth, and where we're going, and how it relates to the solar system and the cosmos. And then that's not the kind of information that most people get. That's that. And I've talked to many people who get lots of for sure. information, but it's the it's the comprehensiveness and clarity of it that resonates in people's hearts. And they uh, and you know this this book is really uh, having a huge impact on the people who are reading it. It's not it's not mm, that widespread yes. at this point yet, but the people who read it are it's having a, a, a very big impact on them. So well, thank you I for inviting me. The, yeah, sure. It, it's definitely had that on me. It, it's very, very uplifting. It sort of resolves an energy of tension and conflict mm-hmm. that we all feel, I think, in the human heart because uh, mm-hmm. we're so sad. Even though we put on a smiley face to live our lives and there's yeah. a deep connection of to gratitude for a life mm-hmm. itself, uh, there's also a deep connection to sadness and sorrow mm-hmm. when we see the abuse of the magnificence of our life and it going down one stream instead of another. So mm-hmm. you really mm-hmm. have made a powerful contribution here, Gordon, and I, I want to just thank you publicly for this because uh, I think it's thank great. You. I'm encouraging people to read it. Yes, so your website is? My website is worldtransfiguration.com and I'm doing an ongoing teleseminar 
um, where every month where I um, we're offering these perspectives and doing a training on how people can raise their frequency to co-create with the Light Alliance. And the book, The Transfiguration of Our World, is available on Amazon as printed or ebook version. And um, we are um, developing new programs, and I'm speaking in various places. If someone's interested in having me speak, I'd be interested in, in coming. And um, beautiful. it's just continuing to unfold step by step. Yes, beautiful. Well, listen, Gordon Davidson, thanks again for joining me today on A Better World. It's just uh, you're really making so much happen to create a better world. God bless you. Thank you so much. You too. You and, and thank your you wonderful your... wife, Corrine. Yes, and for all you're your so good welcome. work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll have you on right. again. Uh, yes, good I would love now. to. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. To be continued. Bye-bye now. Gordon Davidson, the author of a number of books, the one of the today's subject of show, the show today, The Transfiguration of Our World, How a Light Alliance is Transforming Darkness and Creating a New Earth. He gave us uh, almost uh, 90 minutes today, which is totally wonderful. And uh, we've had a very uh, deep dialogue about these matters. And there's also more to go, uh, inside and out, frankly. And I want to make the point of the effect it had on me as I began saying in our closing moments here, which is someone who cares so deeply about our beautiful planet and our beautiful solar system and universe. But I feel a a deep, deep connection, as I think so many of us do, with the Earth, with Gaia. This is our home. And even if way long ago we came as stardust from another planet, uh, which I believe we have, um, no matter, we have taken root here. And wherever we are, we should love that place. And I believe that we are born to be caretakers, stewards of that place. Hence the name of the book I'm working on, Sacred Stewardship, Awakening the Soul to Action. It's really about being stewards of home. And home is our outer environment as well as our inner environment, the place of our hearts. And this book by Gordon Davidson helped to create a sense of relief and release inside me because of the depth of my caring uh, I am honestly sad a lot as I look around at our world and I think that if we're honest with ourselves this is the case largely generally and needless to say we both block it out and put our attention to other things And we strive and, well, we thrive in a space of our own creation, if you will, our own morphogenetic creation, uh, to be happy because we're alive. For no other reason but that we are alive is enough reason to be joyful, to be in love, to be happy, to feel blessed. And uh, that's very special, and we all need that. And happiness from what we, uh, what we create in our lives, even our own more personal external environment 
if we've achieved a certain, um, let's say, promotion or uh, attained a certain thing or accomplished a certain goal or we've helped somebody out today who is on the street and needed uh, some change or a bagel or a banana or something and we made direct contact with that person in New York City, that kind of uh, reaching out happens a lot. Or we put a smile on somebody's face that we love or that we don't and we still manage to put a smile on their face. All of these little uh, accomplishments, these victories are really, really important. And uh, Gordon said it well, when we recognize that each of our actions has consequences and we're dealing with the law of karma all the time. And when we smile, that's a smile that effervesces not only across the room, but into the various corners of the universe. It's a beautiful thought to the extent that we create oxytocin in our own body has its own energy field that gets broadcast into the world. You know, sometimes I think of ourselves as that flashlight that many of us as kids used to shine up into the dark night, uh, the starry night, and uh, we were told by someone or another, our parents or sibling, that that flashlight beam will go for thousands and millions of miles up. And, you know, so does our light. So does our smile, our laughter, our love. It really does. It doesn't appear that way. And it could be, I don't know, that the uh, waves, perhaps scalar waves, on which they are riding their vehicle, maybe they do diminish through space and time. I don't know. But they may not. And the full force of what it is we feel may be in fact broadcast and does not experience resistance on some level. That there's a dimension on which it is purely radiant and remains as radiant from the field of our heart on out. And I think that's the way we ought to be thinking about our thoughts our feelings, our actions, our attitudes. And that is the way we're connected with the galactic and the universal whole, both. So, what can I say? We're here for a reason. We're here to be in love, I believe. In love with our planet, in love with ourselves, in love with Creator, How ever we think about that. That's secondary, how we think about that. That's our own personal uh, design. But that we experience the love and we design the object of that love however we may. That's our authorship. But feeling the love in the heart, loving wisdom in the mind, And the heart-mind, the Chinese teach us, is one. 
It is one. They are not separate. And below that, as my dear friend Michael Wynn was reminding us on A Better World TV just the other day, below that is the soul. And it's not connected to any particular religious practice or institution of any sort or definition for that matter. But you could consider it a very rarefied, refined intelligence that is in and around us not located like a liver or a spleen, but rather uh, non-local everywhere at the same time. It's uh, an energy field of the highest divine level. And it is us. And we are it. And when we come from that place, things go well. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So, I'm just so, so pleased to have brought you all this intelligence, talking about intelligence, of uh, my old friend Gordon Asher Davidson, who wrote this book. And I also would recommend a book that he co-wrote with his wife many years ago. In fact, when we first met in the 90s, uh, called Spiritual Politics, Changing the World from the Inside Out, is another way of understanding historical phenomena uh, from the inside track, if you will. There's a whole symbolic, really interesting narrative that can be understood of why things happen the way they do, why they have happened the way they have. And it gives an insight and a light to a perspective that we don't ordinarily have in our uh, coming and going knowing history the way it's taught to us. So on that note, I just want to say thank you to you all for joining. Uh, If you do not yet get our newsletter, visit us at abetterworld.tv, and it's free, and it announces our Monday night uh, TV show and our Tuesday afternoon radio show on Progressive Radio Network, and this here at Plum Talk Radio. And We have a lot of exciting things happening, including next week a three-day free eco-film festival at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. We're going to speak about environmental justice before we ever have to talk about criminal justice, but the injustice happening to the earth is criminal, that's for sure. And I'll be moderating a panel based on the film that we spoke about yesterday called Can't Stop the Water. And it's about a Native American tribe that is getting watered out, washed out. Sea levels are rising in their area around New Orleans, Ile de Jean Charles. And uh, Chief Albert is one of our guests, Uh, the filmmaker, Rebecca Ferris, and anthropologist Julie Maldonado. You can get that right here at abetterworld.tv as well as on Blog Talk Radio. Really interesting roundtable discussion with these uh, lovely people about that. And we'll be doing same in person in the Big Apple in New York City at John Jay, which is uh, 59th and 58th on 10th Avenue 
next Wednesday. Information is in the last newsletter, which is under the newsletter link at abetterworld.tv. Also, for those of you who want any kind of uh, counseling, stress management consulting slash biofeedback, communications coaching, uh, business counseling, uh, these are all services that I provide, and you can read more about them at MitchellRabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-R-A-B-I-N.com. And last, to remind you, we have just become a nonprofit 501c3. It is exciting, a Better World Foundation Unlimited. And with this is an educational, clearly spiritual platform. And our uh, broadcasts, are our temple through which we share our knowledge, our inspiration, our understanding of where we're going as a planet and what we can all do to participate actively and consciously in this creation. So if you do feel moved to make a donation, know that any donation is tax deductible as of uh, actually... um, um, February 24th is the formal date of the nonprofit, and um, I welcome if you have money that you would like to donate to us of any size over, let's say, $100, please get in touch with me at mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net, because I'd rather take receipt of it outside of our donut but donate button not donut button our donate button on our website so uh more of it will go to the purposes at hand of helping to build our global media platform so thanks again for joining and i look forward to seeing you all next week